0: I would say first and foremost, protect your calendar. Nowhere will you find in in scripture that, uh, you know, as long as your kid is playing three sports and is doing piano and voice lessons and all these extracurricular activities in addition to school, that they will come before the Lord.
1: Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world... Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hi, and thanks so much for joining me today. I'm excited to introduce you in a few moments to today's guest. Her name is Kristen McDermott. I first learned of Kristen after reading a post that was a piece of an article that she had written for Women in Apologetics, and it really resonated with me, and it was absolutely wonderful. And the article was titled, Is It Too Late to Influence Your Children for the Faith? And so I reached out to her to invite her to come on One Little Candle and share a little bit some of her wisdom and experience in this subject. So a little bit about Kristen. She grew up and has lived her whole life in the Midwest. She loves to uh, create things and, of course, write words. And I have to say she's very good at it. And so that's what she's currently doing now. And she loves helping to equip and encourage the body of Christ through her creating and through her writing. Currently, she's working for her church with content and storytelling, and she's also teaching and facilitating studies in workshops for women of all ages. She is a mom to two teenage boys and a dog, a Bernadoodle. You'll you'll hear him put in his two cents <laughs> during our chat. Um, <laughs> and she also says that she loves coffee and that it's a gift from above. So yeah, a, a really engaging. Um, fun to talk to and a an knowledgeable woman with a heart for God, a heart for her family and a heart for encouraging and equipping the body of Christ. So here it is my chat with Kristen McDermott. Kristen, thank you so very much for taking the time to join me today. How are you?
0: I am doing great, Rebecca. It's a beautiful day here in the Midwest, and I am so excited to discuss with you about parenting and um, to see what truth the Lord reveals to us and wants to share with your audience. So thank you.
1: So, Kristen, our paths first crossed when I read something you had written. I was on the Instagram page of Women in Apologetics, and it was called, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Is it too late to influence your children for the faith? That's correct. And I thought, hmm, boy, sounds like I could use (laughs) some encouragement from this. And so I read it. And what you said really, really resonated with me. And I thought it was, I got a lot of encouragement from it. Um, I am one of those parents who dropped the ball. When her children were younger during that wonderful window of opportunity, I call when they're like sponges and willing to soak up a lot of um, God's truths. But so, yeah, it was, it was really wonderful. And so that's when I reached out to you and asked if you could please come on and, and share some of what you have learned with my listeners. And so here we are. Here we are. So what led you to write about this?
0: So every month there's a new theme with women apologetics and the month of August was parenting. And so a few of us on the writing team were trying to figure out, you know, considering our audience, what's the need. And this subject came up and I immediately raised my hand and said, I would love to write on this because one I've experienced a lot of it, but two, I needed to be reminded, you know, I needed to be reminded of the truth. And I knew that the Lord was going to provide that information and that wisdom to me again. But then also, I love encouraging other parents with God's truth. And so, yeah, that's how the article came about. And as I was uh, considering what uh, the Lord wanted to reveal to other parents in that particular season of parenting, um, I think he just led and revealed some really uh wise words, but then also great, great encouragement and I'm so happy that it encouraged you
1: it did, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this because for me and i I know I'm speaking for other parents, um whether it be that perhaps they they didn't themselves have a belief in God when their children were younger. Or like me, they did, and they called themselves Christians, but they weren't truly walking with the Lord. There's a lot of reasons out there why parents don't, um, you know, or can't do um, what it is they should be doing to spiritually, you know, nurture their children. And so, I think along with this comes a lot of guilt and feelings of failure that can they can be paralyzing once their kids are older and especially, especially if they see the, um, I guess I, I want to call it the fruits of what they um, didn't do yes. with, with their children when they were younger. So it's very hard. So what wisdom do you have for parents who are really struggling with that guilt and that failure right now, now that their kids are older?
0: Well, I think it's the truth and God's word that was so mercifully given to me and as a believer i always go to romans 8 1 therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus so regardless of the regret that we have or the shame that we might have of all the things that we wish we did as a believer because of jesus christ there's no condemnation so Coming from that as a foundation, therefore, there's lots of hope and there's lots of, and I, I really wanted to talk about this and put this out to your audience. Um, we, we get bogged down with the word failure. We mm-hmm. get tied into that identity of n- not doing it correctly or not doing it all, but we need to Instead, switch it with the verbiage of today. It's an opportunity. So right there, we need to make the negative into a positive. Today is an opportunity to do what the Lord is now calling me into as a parent. I'm not going to look at the past. I have no control over the past, but what I do have control over is me and today. And I think that swap of um making it a positive rather than a negative. Gosh, it provides just encouragement with that kind of uh mentality. Um and you don't feel like a failure because that's such a lie. We're not failing. Mm. Um we c- probably could have done things better, but again today it's a new day and it's a new opportunity. So start today. And God always equips you God wants you to disciple your children. And he's going to give you the tools to do that.
1: Amen. And you kind of just dove into one of the questions I had for you was how to um, live life looking forward and not backward because of regret. And and when I say regret, for me, um, the regret again depends on how how am I I want to put this here when it comes to regret. um, we all have regrets that we didn't do things differently, and, and it can be healthy up to a point. Yep. Um, for me, the regret has really led me to pray for other parents who are going through the same thing, and to also uphold in prayer parents who now have that window of opportunity, whose children are little, you know. So I, I use that, and, and I think God can help us to use that regret in a positive way—a
0: healthy burden.
1: Yes. A, there you go. I like the way you just, yes.
0: Yes. A conviction and a reminder to go before him for yourself, but then for other parents. Yep. You're right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So what does it look like living life forward? Um we can live forward with hope. Okay. Not dwelling on the regret because, you know, ultimately God's going to accomplish his purposes, right? Yep. Um, he, he is God. And I know that he can, save our children. He can connect with our children. He can touch our children without us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he preferred that it was, you know, (laughs) through us. But again, um, sometimes life just doesn't play out that way for various reasons. And the reality is here we are. But what are some ways, I guess, in which a parent can share the gospel or instill a healthy fear of the Lord? And I want you to talk about it using their words and not using their words. You have some examples of that?
0: Yes. So I'm I'm just going to kind of extract a little bit from my article um, because I put a lot of time and prayer into that. And
1: Yes, please and, do.
0: Yeah. And again, it's he's he continually convicts me, you know, that burden every day. And I think, you know, two things. One, we only have control of ourselves at this point in the season of parenting when our kids are older.
1: Mm -hmm. We only
0: have control of ourselves. And two, uh, it's truly placing your child, and it's with words, but it helps me Mm -hmm. visually. I mean, I visually place my children at the foot of Jesus every day Hmm. because it's not on my will. It's his. And the the thoughts and the motions that come with um, the burden of control, wanting to control our child or wanting to say all the things that are perfect can really make me go off track. And Hmm. I therefore then have the focus on myself rather than the Lord. And that never helps me and actually only hurts me. So it's putting my child at the foot of Jesus every day and releasing them to him, because he loves them perfectly more than I do, more than we do, and uh, his desire is for them perfectly. And when I figured that out and started practicing that, it really has given me a, a new lens uh, especially from a parenting standpoint, but then such relief. And with that relief, such peace when it comes to parenting. So I, I would definitely encourage your audience to to really lay your, ch- your child at the foot of Jesus every day and to know then the focus is on the Lord and it's between you and the Lord because you only have control over your actions and words. So from that perspective, um, before you do everything, and especially with parenting, you pray. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that posture of prayer really sets the motion for everything that you do and say for that day. And I'm really talking for like a day by day. I think it's healthy to have plans and schedules and dreams. But just for the day, pray, come before the Lord. Place your child at the foot of Jesus and tell him your concerns. Um, Lament with him all of your uh, regrets, but then give thanks to him for this opportunity to make today a new day. So it's really praying for our children. And there's so much power in prayer. Uh, The Lord promises uh, power in that and that he hears every prayer in, in the Bible. And that gives me such encouragement. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. Um, He wants to be in community with us. He wants to hear us. He wants to spend time with us. And he wants to hear about our, our children and about parenting and what better person than the person that created this child and that created this opportunity of parenting. And he is the perfect parent. Am I, am I right? <laughs>
1: yes, yes, exactly. And, and he also knows our children's hearts oh. far more than we ever could hope to.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and actually on that note, Rebecca, when I'm praying, it's like God does reveal a bit about my child for that day.
1: Hmm.
0: And he gives me um, clarity into my child, into his circumstance um, and Again, that's done through prayer. So that would be my first, um, I think, tool in the whole toolbox. Yeah,
1: and honestly, the most important, really, yeah. above all.
0: Yes, yep, so prayer for sure. You want me to just continue going down the list? Yep, go ahead, I'll
1: <laughs> go for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think another thing that I have just recently figured this out the past couple of years, because uh, I like to be right. I don't know about you. Yes.
1: But, <laughs> I like to be right. <laughs> Even though they say being right is highly overrated, sometimes you're like, yeah, but. <laughs> yes, I
0: hate to be wrong.
1: That pride that's got to get oh. knocked out of me sometimes. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> but I have seen
1: immediate fruit where
0: I go to my child and ask for forgiveness when forgiveness is needed
1: hmm.
0: with no expectation. Like It's easy to go into the conversation like, okay, I'm sorry that I said this. What about you? You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Try to make it a teaching moment. But really, I have learned that (laughs) if I just go before him and ask for forgiveness, you know, put a focus on, you know, what I did wrong and that I'm sorry and do you forgive me? Mm. It's like this wall comes down and there's opportunity to you know, maybe later down in the day or later in that week, uh, for more conversation on other things that I had no clue was going on with him or that he just wanted to share about his day. And I think that is a direct correlation for me showing humility, but then also respect to him. And I'm saying him because I have boys, um, but respect to him that I, I heard him. I I uh, confess it, and I ask for forgiveness. And I've seen really truly immediate fruit when I started practicing that. And and I I think God honors that we speak um, from the heart. You know, He forgives us every single time, and so He asks us to to forgive others um, because it then does release us from the bondage of um, that regret and shame and pride and. Um, he's such a good God, uh, and so merciful. So that's, that's another, uh, way, another tool is seeking forgiveness when, when you need to apologize.
1: Yeah. I think that speaks big volumes.
0: It's hard to to do.
1: I know. I know. Like you said, not expect anything. Can't come to him and go, I'm sorry, but aren't you sorry too? Right. (laughs) But no, you're right. If you're owning up to your end of things, um, you're owning that. And like you said, humility. Yes. Um for them to see that humility for you to lay that down in front of them like that and and I think they feel loved and like you said respected. Um I wasn't thinking about that but you're right. Definitely they feel respected as well by you.
0: Yes. When you
1: do that, so.
0: Yes. I think especially when our children are older, you know, our our opportunities to teach are pretty much gone. Uh, our role, especially as moms, being the nurturer and the the teacher, have have kind of gone away. And I really see now that it's um, especially for for my boys in their uh, season of life, it's it's being an encourager. Being an example, how I live, what I say, how I fill my schedule, Speaks way more to them than now my words of teaching. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's another tool is, gosh, if you want your kids to live a godly life, well, you need to live a godly life. True. Uh, Even when they're small uh, and even when they're grown, they see you. They hear you. They notice a lot about you. And they take great consideration in what you do and say, especially if they never tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know there's that phase, too. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you've recognized that when, you know, when your kids, especially when they're grown and gone, your role as a teacher has passed.
1: It's, it's and- honestly, it's hard for me. I yeah. still struggle with it. And my oldest is 33. My youngest is 20, but three of my children are married and two of them have children of their own. Um, it's, I, I still struggle with it. I have to be honest, <laughs> but, you know, there's times where, but I have, I have learned, I have learned a lot over the years, um, bite your tongue, mom, um, And I, my tongue is pretty sore at times, right? (laughs) But I'm, I'm still a work in progress, probably. In all honesty, where that's concerned,
0: (laughs) for sure. No, and every day is a new day, so you get to start over tomorrow if you said too much today. And uh, so, now there's grace for that as well. Um, I think another thing that I have learned is, you know, when you start stepping back and stop teaching. And you're just living your life as best as you can with the Lord in word and in action. Then it kind of invites, I have seen that my sons then start approaching me more. And I'm, I'm kind of creating a culture of, you know, no judgment, um, a culture of, um, oh, I think peace and security that they can then come to me and just start having those conversations. So creating opportunities and spaces, and not necessarily with words, but in action and, uh, I think, posture, that they start then asking questions. So even though you're not teaching, they're seeking out your teaching. And that's when they're hearing you. You know, that's when their, their hearts and their minds are a little bit more open to receiving. So really creating... Those spaces and that culture of, uh, you know, questions are welcomed here on your terms. You know, I'm not pushing it. I'm not asking the question. I'm just creating that space and culture whenever they want to come to me. And then when they do, saying thank you, (laughs) uh, I really enjoy that that question. And, you know, what do you mean by that? That's kind of my go-to response uh, Cause then it gets them to go a little bit more deeper, and then there's more conversation uh, brewing, and um, and then your the seeds sometimes I've seen are able to be planted still, and then they'll come back for more because you're not really giving them all the answers, you're just allowing that space. And you're uh, allowing um, them to do all the talking and you doing the listening. And then if they want your feedback, they'll ask you. And that's where you can then step in and, and give your opinion um, or some direction. But I think that's another tool is um, creating that culture in that space to where any question, you can come to me and I'm not going to give you judgment. I'm not going to shame you for it we're just, I'm just going to listen. And if you want feedback, you can ask for it and I'll give it to you only then.
1: I've been working on that part. It's hard. Saying, <laughs> saying to them, do you want my opinion on this or my advice? Or do you want some feedback or are you just venting? You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> sometimes you, you don't know. know where they're coming from. And so you ask and if they oh, say I, no, that, well, yes they say no. And you have to respect that, (laughs) even though you might feel, but I have the answer for you. And maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you have to, to respect that. (laughs) Yeah. Again, hard.
0: (laughs) Hard. But I mean, how awesome that they trust you, you know, trust us to come to us. We want them to come to us. We don't want them to go to anybody else who knows what kind of, you know, truth they'll get from the world but we want them to come to us and you know revel that that's a victory and for the Lord those times that they do come to us you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love that yeah what about though cuz i know and this is this is a hard reality but um there are some households where and i was just talking to um a couple parents about this now who Actually, their children were raised in the faith, um, but one walked away and considers himself an atheist. But unfortunately, living that good example that you're talking about and that you're, you're correct about is really, unfortunately, offensive to a child, um, no. <laughs> you know, and I, I think to myself, oh my gosh, those poor people, like you know, they are living the right way. They're, they're living out their faith or they're trying to step back and, and give the child space. Um, but it's actually offensive to them. Um, I know what it is. You and I know, I think it's conviction
0: Yes, going
1: on, but, um, it's very offensive to the, to the children. I mean, how would a parent cope with that?
0: It's hard not to take those instances and then maybe those words personally. I mean, we love our children so much and. Gosh, it's so hard not to take it personally. Yeah, yeah. Again, I I think it's this is going to sound maybe too simple, but it truly is taking one day at a time with your child, and reminding yourself. Now, are you describing the example that the the child is offended by your actions and words, so they're kind of retracting, or you are? We're finding it offensive by our child's words.
1: Yeah, well, according according to this couple, they're past the point of trying to talk or reason with the child. So they are living their lives still as believers, pretty much doing what comes natural for them, honestly. But the child, unfortunately, <laughs> takes great offense to, mm. to the way in which they're living. Um, and so consequently, they have a grandchild that they have not been able to see oh. because... According to them, he doesn't want the grandchild to have their influence. Oh, wow. Um, Very painful. I, yeah, I felt so bad when she told me this story.
0: Oh, gosh. My heart. Yeah. That's, that's really hard. Oh, my gosh. It truly is an opportunity to continue dying to yourself. Mm. You know, it's dying to those thoughts of this isn't fair. You know, this This is not what I raised, you know, our child to be. Or, gosh, I did all of this work. I was so loyal. I was so obedient. And they still turn out to be this. And the circumstance of not seeing my grandchild, you know, I have learned, I can only speak for myself. Mm -hmm. You have to replace that with. Because if you don't replace it, anger sets in, and anger is the root, I mean, as we all know, the root of all evil, and it's so destructive to our hearts, and to, therefore to our words and thoughts. So it's truly releasing all of those feelings and bringing it to God every day, especially if you're married, uh, you get to do it with your spouse, which is... I think is a wonderful thing to be able to do it with another person, Yeah, Um, you know, praying together. And I think the power of uh, the Lord's love working in and through us um, is powerful to those who are looking in, even if their son or daughter does not see them or talk to them, you can still love them. Mm,
1: Continue to love. Mm -hmm. Yes. Continue Mm -hmm. to
0: love and not to take it personally. And I think, and I kind of mentioned this in the article, uh, you're in the trenches and we're not supposed to do this on our own. So truly reaching out to a community of believers that will come alongside you in this season, who will be praying for your family alongside you, who will be uh, encouraging you. Because I think in those times, it's easier to feel like you're all alone, that you are the one that has the child. Nobody else does who is um, making these decisions and nobody can understand. And um, again, that's another, I think, avenue for, you know, anger to set in. So truly reaching out to community to walk alongside you, but then also more, uh, Oh, what's the word? You know, it's putting that armor on intentionally every day and giving them over to the Lord. Because you don't ever want to harbor that hurt and anger because nothing good comes from that. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or helps. No,
1: I think I think that's good. And I'm just thinking here, too, because I, I think we've all struggled with it. Um, pride, you know, so important to maybe not let our pride get in the way because oh. that keeps us from reaching out to people too, because you feel again there's that failure word and or embarrassment again, which comes from pride. All families are broken and <laughs> none are perfect, but I really think it's so important if we can just put aside our pride and not carry shame no. um, and not be afraid to reach because this is how God made us to help one another, you know, um, brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. And this is what we're supposed to do. We're, we're not, like they said, no man is an Island. So yeah, I think that's really excellent advice on your end for parents to reach out. Don't do this alone.
0: No, no. And I, I think, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to preach a prosperity gospel here, but it is biblical to be expectant of the Lord. And having that, again, that posture of expecting that the Lord is going to do his will with your child only sets and lays down a foundation of love, you know, of positivity. So be expectant of the Lord that he has your child in the most, in the perfect place in time and that he uh, is doing a good thing and trusting him. Um, cause it is all up to him. It's not on us. And, uh, you know, I kind of have this image of, um, you know, the prodigal son parable, uh, when that day comes. And I think we need to be expectant of it, regardless if it's a God's will or not, but expectant of it. Mm-hmm. When that child walks in the door, we want to have been prepared with the most loving heart because we have nurtured and given it to the Lord all these years, instead of harboring those that anger and that regret, we want to be that expectant parent so that when the day does come and they do submit, that all we exude is love, you know, and encouragement and joy, because all of these years, we have been uh, walking with expectation of the Lord.
1: Amen. I did find that verse, by the way. Oh, good. It's in James 1, actually. And James is talking about trials and temptations and having perseverance and letting perseverance. This is the context of it. Um, finish its work so that we can be mature. And he's talking about lacking wisdom and asking God. And it says here in verse 5, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Mm. So again, that was James chapter one, verses five through eight. So yes, this isn't uh, like you said, prosperity. It's not a name it and claim it verse by any means, but the fact that we should have an expectation when we come to God. Based on his, his characteristics, his nature and his love for us and our children.
0: I want to say, I told you, or you should have done this earlier. I never want to come from that, that standpoint. Okay. And, you know, and I think that protects us um, from that. When we have an expectant heart of the Lord, expecting that um, someday our, our child will come through that door. Whether it happens or not, we just need to expect it because we know we serve a good God and -hmm. that he loves our children more than we do. Um, And I want to have that heart to receive them that is only full of joy and full of love rather Mm -hmm. than anger and hurt.
1: Right. Excellent (laughs) advice. Thank you so much for that. Um, and like we had just said, God has ways other than through us to bring our children to repentance and saving faith. Yeah. He, he does. So we, we have to trust him in that too, that he's working in their life somehow. Yes. Uh, we may not be able to see it or even understand it, but, um, God's always at work. He's always yeah. at work, especially for those who, who are his and those who bring their children to him in prayer. Yes. Um, Yeah. Um, sticking with prayer because I, I think there's a lot of parents out there who are struggling with with these things. They really don't know what to begin to pray. Um, I know you mentioned a few things. Are there any other specific things that they could really pray about, whether the child is backslidden or whether there's a relationship with the children or not? you know what can they pray? or do you even have any resources about that?
0: Uh, Well, I think our biggest resource is uh, God's word. For sure. Uh, I have found for myself when I don't have the words and I have, (laughs) and actually I might have uh, not a very good posture. The Psalms speak my words when I don't have them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my first go-to is to go to the Psalms. Uh, There's every emotion and every circumstance that is reflected in those, those Psalms. So for me, those are relatable and it's all for the Lord. So I know that when I'm praying through the Psalms, my heart at the same time is getting um, realigned with the Lord, but then I'm also glorifying and worshiping him. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of my go-to is uh, the word of God. I think another thing, if you don't know what to pray for, I have found that the attributes of God... Uh, worshiping him and glorifying him for whatever attribute comes to mind or that you come across, it does something to your heart and it does something, therefore, to your mind. It softens it, it gives you perspective and maybe starts tearing down whatever grief or shame or regret that might be inflicting you. Um, when we put our eyes and our focus back on to God and focusing on his attributes has has helped me tremendously and then uh, I'd say another thing um, What I use is I have and I think I mentioned this in the article I have uh, a devotional and it's written by Nancy Guthrie and it's it's a reading plan to read, you know the Bible in one year, but It's also devotional of um, whatever particular um, part in the Bible or scripture you're at for that day, that there is words of wisdom that applies to one of those verses for a parent. And then after that devotional, there is a prayer um, from a parent's perspective for their child in regards to that, that scripture. And that has been an easy go-to for me, Uh, and it doesn't have to be uh, Nancy Guthrie's devotion, but finding another resource out there that is grounded in God's truth, but then uh, gives you direction and clarity on, uh, new clarity on praying for your child. Again, the the nights that I don't have any (laughs) direction or words that that particular devotional has helped me and has equipped me.
1: Well, make sure um, I put the link out to that. Yeah. Our okay. listeners. And, you know, for me too, when I just, there's times where I just don't know what to pray and I sit there and I say, Holy spirit, yes. please pray. Because I really don't even, I don't have the words and I don't know in particular what I should be praying. No, nope. you know, you know, my heart, Lord, and so I just sit there in silence and, <laughs> you know, trust the Holy Spirit to, um to pray, to pray that's, for me.
0: That's really good, Rebecca. I back that up a hundred percent. It's so easy to get, I think, so wrapped into doing. I need to be saying something for my children. I need to be doing something for my children with the Lord. But a lot of times I have found out like you were, describing the Lord just wants to be with us and he's already done all the work and he, in those moments of peace, does promise clarity. And I think that's because we're in his, his presence and he just wants to be with us. And yeah. I love it. what you were describing as a fruit from it. And I, I think you're spot on girl.
1: You know, when you you say he just wants to be with us and I totally agree, but you know, oftentimes we have a hard time truly receiving that truth. Yes. We, we just do.
0: What does that look like for you?
1: Uh, For me, I would have to say it looks like, um, sometimes thinking that perhaps I'm, um, bothering God so much about something or, or, or just that, you know, this, this, is this really important? You know, is this important enough right now, you know, for, for God, but we, we know it is, it's the big and the small things. They're all important. God cares about every last thing. I mean, he has every hair on our head numbered. You know, if he he cares about that, then there's nothing too big or too small that he cares about. But yes, sometimes you just think, or you screwed up too much in this area. Um, all this negative self-talk. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, and to just trust him that even though he may not be giving you these signs, or again, let's not base our faith on emotions either, right. that he's not working and he's not hearing because he is.
0: Yes. And I, I think all of us can relate to that in some degree, uh, for sure. It's hard, at least for me, it's been hard to relinquish what I thought was true, that I have to do something in order for the Lord to love me more. But, and I still deal with that. I mean, the heart, the emotions and feelings sometimes do not reflect like truth and um, objective truth and reasoning, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've learned that it's just Jesus. And because it's just Jesus, he's done it all for us. That God sees us through the lens of his son, his perfect son. And because I have submitted and repented um, and given my life to his son, that there's nothing more that I need to do for him to love me more because of his son, Jesus. And I still wrestle with that. I mean, just Mm -hmm. the words coming out of my mouth right now saying that it feels like Mm -hmm. awkward, but... That's truth. There's nothing we can say or do that will make him love us more because of his son, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, so, you're right. I, I think that's you and every person that's ever lived Right. It, it struggles struggles with that. Yep. Um, we feel somehow we have to be working, um, yep. constantly earning that approval. Right. Um, and no. he, he just loves us anyway. <laughs>
0: Yes, and he does that for our children. He loves our children.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important for me. A prayer is, is you know, I think it's important to ask God to help us have a compassionate heart towards our children, oh. especially when we're when we're hurting. Or you said you know that anger can can really creep in without us even realizing it. Um, especially if the child has you know we don't have a relationship with them or or whatever, but. Asking God to give us a a compassionate heart toward them, because when we do that, we can relate to them without judging, without criticizing, because our kids, you know, they're like us. They're being attacked every day by evil, by the demonic forces in the world, the the spiritual realm that God says we fight against. It wants to keep us away from Christ. Um, But so often I've had to say, God, help me see them through your eyes. Yes. Yes. Help me see this situation through your eyes. So I think that's a good prayer too.
0: Oh, so true, Rebecca. That's so true. And what an easy prayer. I mean, an easy one to remember when we don't have the words for a particular day. Lord, give me your eyes. Give me your heart for for my child. That's so good.
1: Hey there, fellow candles. I have a question for you. Do you have a deep desire to bless Israel or perhaps even travel to Israel? because I am partaking in a missions trip to Israel. It's called Run for Zion, and it's a ministry of the Genesis One Two Three 3 Foundation, which is a part of the Jerusalem Marathon in March of 2023. Yes, I said marathon, but <laughs> you do not have to be a runner to participate in the marathon. I, for one, I will be walking through Jerusalem, not running. And sitting on the sidelines cheering the participants on is also an option as well. But if you are looking for an opportunity to bless Israel, to travel to the land of Israel, not simply as a tourist, but as a beacon of light and hope for God's chosen people, I'm currently recruiting a team through my podcast, One Little Candle, which of course will be called Team One Little Candle. But the beauty of all this is that in addition to the marathon, we will have the opportunity to have meaningful interaction with the land and the people of Israel and connect in person with the projects that are supported by Run for Zion, blessing Israelis of all walks of life. So if you want to find out more about this, visit www.runforzion.com. There you'll see all the details about the missions trip, along with the many programs throughout Israel that will benefit from our participation in Run for Zion and how you can have your trip to Israel paid for enabling you to travel to Israel and walk in the footsteps of Jesus. So would you prayerfully consider joining me and blessing the people and nation that God chose for his very own? Because I would love to have you as part of Team One Little Candle. Imagine how much impact we could have for those who dwell in the Holy Land if we all worked together. But perhaps traveling to Israel isn't something you personally would care to do. But if you, like me, have a heart for Israel, you can still sign up as a part of One Little Candle's team and fundraise, or you can simply choose to make a one-time donation on behalf of Team One Little Candle. And your donation will have a direct impact on the citizens and nation of Israel and allow Team One Little Candle to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and serve his chosen people in need while there. So if you are interested in joining me in Israel, or would simply like to fundraise as part of the team or make a donation, if you'd like to talk more about it, please email me at candles together at gmail.com. Or again, log on to www.runforzion.com to join the team, get more information, or just make a one-time donation. Remembering God's promise to the nation of Israel, I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis twelve three. Hope to see you in Israel. And I just, what do you think of this saying? I think I had mentioned this to you because when I have confided in people, in my struggle, when I was experiencing it at the height of it, realizing how I had dropped the ball when it came to, um, teaching my children about God when they were young and, and the common reaction, the go-to response seems to be, well, there's no guarantee that even if you had, they would still believe. And that's true. I agree. But I always, for some reason, I would cringe when people would say that it's it, because I'd be like, yes, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. And so I'll, I guess I'll never know. Does that, does that make sense to you? Like, I, I just, I guess I'm trying to say, I don't think that's a, always a great response. Don't just leave it at that response with someone. Don't just leave it at that. Um, I never felt that was a great response. <laughs>
0: Yeah, me. most cases, the the listener is just trying to help, like, help the person by saying, um, by giving them some type of what they define that statement as encouragement. You know, I, I think it comes, I think, from a good place. You know, they're just trying to help. But I agree. Uh, it. it it's not a helpful statement and it's not really what I would call a productive statement. It doesn't equip me and it doesn't encourage me, but I don't know if, when I'm told those kind of things, those words, you know, I just, I, I kind of just let them slide off me and, and give the person who is saying them the benefit that they just are trying to help with. Yeah you know, no understanding, they might not be able to connect or relate. So they just offer that kind of, you know, those words. Does that yeah. make
1: sense? It, it does. It does. And yeah, my I think my thought was, don't just leave someone at that. Maybe maybe have a more of a conversation with them, and, you know what I mean, instead of saying, well, you know, who, there wasn't any guarantee anyway, even if you did. Right. <laughs> right. And and
0: you know. That other statement like, oh, I know how you feel. Actually you don't know how I feel. Yes, yes
1: exactly. That's a go to too that we I think we're yes. all guilty of saying it's like, I know how you feel. It's like, well, actually I don't know how they feel, do I? But yeah.
0: No, I would say for the for the person in the audience that, you know, might have, you know, children obeying and walking with the Lord and um, you know, their friend comes to them uh with these thoughts and who's looking for encouragement, maybe just realize uh, ninety-five percent of the time, they just want you to listen, and maybe just ask the question instead. You know, tell me more. How does that make you feel? You know, I I think we just want to share. We we want to sit by someone uh, whom we trust and just lament and um. and and just seek presence rather than, you know, those teaching, kind of what we were talking about doing with our children instead of being, you know, taught or reminded or, um, a false affirmation. We just want to be heard. So I'd say 95% of the time just say, tell me more. Um, but then the other 5%, if they're really looking for some type of response, I would put it back on the Lord, you know, go to his truth quote, um, a verse that means, um, a great deal of encouragement to you and, and share that with them. You know, I have found this scripture that, uh, has really brought me out of dark places and I want to, is it okay if I share this with you? Cause I want to help you by bringing you out of, um, a really difficult time because it sounds difficult and I'm so sorry.
1: Right. I don't yeah. know. That yeah, was no acknowledging their, their, how they must be feeling for sure. or even. And along with that, can I pray for you and your children? Oh, yes. Would you like me to pray for your children? What are their names? Or, or, you know, if you don't know their names or whatever, would you, should we pray for them right now? How about we do that? Um, Even something like that can be comforting. Rebecca, I
0: would say, do your answer first. I like that the best. (laughs) No prayer. I have been ministered so greatly when people just grab my hand or come alongside me and put their hand on my back and start praying for my children, mm-hmm. you know? Oh my goodness. I, mm-hmm. yes, Rebecca. I, it we, feels
1: like someone's really taking the time out with you when, yes, when they, when they going do to that. Battle with me. Yes. Yes. Going <laughs> to battle with you. exactly war. You got it. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, Thank you so much for this because, um, again, I know there's a lot of parents out there who really struggle with the guilt, with shame, with the feelings of failure. Um, I, I was one of them. It, it took me a while to, um, to come out of that. Honestly, you know what I mean? When I would see my children not walking in the faith, it would bring that, that whole grief back again. And so you're just grieving again and you're grieving again. And, and I repented. I did. I repented. I, I did not do what i should have done and i remember god telling me you repented rebecca you have repented and i heard your prayer now you need to move on you know um you you need to cuz everything it would just it would just throw me all in a tizzy you know what i mean oh. <laughs> and i was like see if i had done this they wouldn't be saying or doing this and you know and it was just um it's not a good place to be it's not where god wants us to be So I I love all the, the wisdom that you've shared with us. And this is wonderful, godly advice, but I'm thinking, okay, we're talking about people whose children are older. Is it too late? But I'm sure there's plenty listening who have little children who right now that window of opportunity is wide open. You know, they're, they're little sponges right now, willing to just soak up the truths of God's word. What advice do you have for parents that are in this time of their life?
0: Yes, I mean, what an incredible opportunity that first your children want to hear and they want to be with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know their appetite is uh, huge, and you're—it's I mean, such a precious window of time. And I can't help but think of you know in Proverbs chapter twenty-two verse six, it says you know train up a child and us parents, I mean, the Lord says it is our job to, and, and not to put pressure on us, but to, um, I guess kind of put pressure on us, but in a, in a sweet way, reminding us of this gift of a child that he has given us and the opportunity that we get to train this child up in, in the word of God and in the truth of everything that he is. Um, so I, uh, but gosh, I think the nemesis of our world right now is we're so busy. And then, therefore, at yep. the end of the day, we're so tired.
1: Yep. Oh, so yeah.
0: I would say, first and foremost, protect your calendar. Nowhere will you find in, in Scripture that, uh, you know, as long as your kid is playing three sports and is doing piano and voice lessons and all these extracurricular activities in addition to school – that they will come before the Lord. Yeah, um, right. I'm not that, putting things down. I
1: No, right. There can be a place for those. Yeah. But I think the problem is we when we overdo it and we're so busy doing for them instead of with them. Yes. There's a difference.
0: Yes. He calls us only to love our children and train them up in his word. So guard your calendars and create and advocate and protect those spaces in your calendar where you are reading God's word together. You know, there's so many great um, children's Bibles out there. And actually, I think um, forego the children's Bible uh, solely, pull out your Bible and read from the Bible. But definitely a space to read God's word together every day a space to discuss what God has revealed in your heart today, and maybe give that opportunity for your child to share, um, and, and whatever else the Holy Spirit is calling you into.
1: I say you, you, first, you have you have a dog who wants to share too.
0: Yes, yeah, <laughs> agreeing with me. My big yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sheldon is his name.
1: oh
0: <laughs> I'm another child that I did not ask. Sorry about that. I, he's actually looking at me right now.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, funny. He wants attention. Oh, <laughs> You're I'm furry sorry. baby. I'm sorry. So, so go ahead. You were saying.
0: No, I'm sorry. He's just standing there. But no, I'd say the biggest thing in this season of life with young ones is protect your calendar, yes. have those spaces and yes. guard them because there will be things every single week that will want to take those spaces away but advocate for them and then, uh, lead together with your spouse, you know, switch off. Um, but then have a lot of joy in doing it. Mm -hmm. God's word is, uh, such good news and it doesn't have to be a sit down teaching moment. Gosh, it could be in the backyard, um, doing something, uh, side by side and drawing them into God's word there or, creating something in the kitchen together and doing your devotional on there or a game, anything that the spirit is leading you protect your calendar and do it in that space every day. Yes.
1: And put the cell phone down.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. That is nor our disciple maker.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Put, put, put the electronics down, you know, um, the social media. I, I know we love our kids, but that time slips away really, really quickly. You know, and we spend we spend so much time making sure that they eat right. You know what I mean? Special, yeah. special. I know parents. You know, special diets. We're only vegetarians, or we only do vegan, or you know, all all these things. And there's they're worried about all these things around them. And that, that's good. You want to you know give your child. You want to feed them well, properly, and you want to clothe them well. Um, but if you're doing those things and you're leaving their souls naked and hungry. It's really not doing a whole lot of of good for them.
0: No. Life is short. Small small window. The days are long and the years are short. And that small window, we have to advocate uh, for that space to bring our child and our family before the Lord.
1: Mm. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again because (laughs) um, this is great. You fed me a lot. So I know the listener is going to walk away too. I think with a hearty, hearty dose of encouragement. Kristen, I hope so. thank you. you
0: learned, I learned the hard way, but God is so merciful and he has showed me, uh, such grace. Um, and I, I, I really want that to be the takeaway from today. You know, there, there's so much grace and offered every day and, um, and in times of uh discomfort and trials those are the times where i learn the most about the lord and i learn the most about my identity in the lord and i've just uh come to uh the understanding that it's not a failure when you're feeling that it's not um any kind of uh lost opportunity it's actually the opposite and so press into those moments and then uh, step forward with what the God of love and mercy and perfection is giving you. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, I've learned the hard way, but it's yeah. so good. It's so good.
1: That's pretty much all of us. I think it's <laughs> always has to be the hard way, but you're right. We, we learn a lot more in the valleys, it seems, yes. than, than on the mountaintops. Yep. Uh, when everything seems to be going great in our lives, we kind of sometimes have a tendency to forget who we need for our every breath. Yes. And that is God. But thank you. Is there anything else you want to add or um, I think
0: one other thing and I mentioned this in the article is it's so easy when we're given so many no's that we just assume that everything will be a no from here on out from our children. But we can't do that. I'd say, you know, continue going to the Lord and when the Spirit prompts you to do that invite or to ask that question to do it, you know, to, to give our child the benefit of the doubt and not to, um, to stop, you know, doing the invitations because it hurts so much, you know, we're tired of the nose or the condemnation that follows, but just trust in the Lord. And when you feel that prompting, do that invitation. Hey, you want to come over for dinner? Um, ask that question. Hey, how's your, how's your day going? And and then let it go. Let, let the Lord lead, um, but still be inviters. You know, it's, I don't know about you, but when I'm told no a lot, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not going to ask again. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think that's not beneficial for either parties. And uh, if the Spirit is prompting, invite your child to dinner, invite them over um to watch the game or invite them to do a book study with you i mean whatever the spirit's prompting mm-hmm. um yeah be an
1: inviter i like that be an inviter absolutely um so i found you via instagram where all can people connect with you
0: yeah so i volunteer for a nonprofit organization called women in apologetics And I do just a bit of writing for them, but then I also try and support and serve them in other capacities. Uh, They are a nonprofit, so they are in um, need for volunteers and they produce such incredible content and they truly are uh, for the mom out there, for the grandparent out there uh, to equip them in all seasons of life. Um, And even for the singles too, you don't have to be a parent or a grandparent, but they produce such valuable tools and resources, uh, especially for the women in our audience. So you can find me there. Um, My email address is Kristen and I spell it differently. It's spelled Christ in, and actually my parents were not believers when they gave me that name, but I love it now. I think it's kind of fun. So it's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N at com, And I can also be found um, on my personal Instagram and that's Cricket Curry M. That's my Instagram. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Okay, wonderful.
1: Any resources that you'd like to recommend?
0: Well, we kind of talked about this, uh, yeah. for sure. The resource that everybody should be going to first and foremost is, uh, God's truth, his word. Yeah. So if you don't have a very good, um, study Bible and I, I use, um, the, um, uh, English standard version ESV.
1: I do too. Usually Yeah.
0: I'd say get a good study Bible. Uh, there's so much rich, uh, truth and context behind the scripture that, uh, I think, sets us up for better understanding. So get yourself a really good study Bible. But I'd say right now, Women in Apologetics, they produce uh, such great resources, not just um, from their production team, but then also they have a resource page of other authors, other nonprofits, other organizations that also... Have a heart for uh, equipping um, God's um, people. So they've got a great resource page, and I really just direct people to that page on mm-hmm. women in apologetics.com.
1: Yeah, and I can vouch for that that organization because um, I have so many screenshots too, <laughs> other Instagram posts, but, but Women in Apologetics, you will not get a watered down gospel. Um, you will get God's truths and the difficult truths so well put, so, uh, doctrinally sound. Yes, women in apologetics is, I think, uh, men and women, but yes, <laughs> honestly, it benefits sure. both. But, but, um, if you're a woman and you're listening, definitely follow them on Instagram, go to com. check them out because they are really an invaluable resource for for believers. And it's a resource that I think is kind of hard to find nowadays like yeah. that, to be honest.
0: I agree. You know, one other thing, there's social media team, those women that run after those, um, those platforms, they read every single comment. And if you post uh, a need, a question, a prayer request on there, they not only read it and do it themselves, they send it to our entire team. So we, you have like a team of like 60 women who are running after and awesome. <laughs> praying for anyone that uh, has a question or a request um, and posts it on their Instagram page. Yeah. It, it's, wow. it's incredible. Very dedicated uh, women who are serving the community of the Lord.
1: Oh thank God for them. You know what? We'll um make sure to uphold them in prayer. Um yep. because like I said it's it's real hard to find um <laughs> doctrinally sound organizations like women in apologetics now it it just is. Yes, I agree. Um, so they are wonderful. Thank you Kristen so so much for coming on sharing your heart and encouraging me and encouraging our listeners. Um I will have links to women in apologetics and links to where you can reach Kristen as well in the podcast description and on Instagram. So check it out.
0: Yes. I love it. And Rebecca, I've actually been convicted. So I write on the side, Mm -hmm. um, but this particular topic, and it's been a burden on my heart for about two years now, I've actually started writing a book uh, for this particular audience. And who knows someday
1: We'll see if it gets published, but oh! If you know what, I will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you
1: just keep me posted, and we will have you back on. Pray for and me. <laughs> we will talk about. I will definitely pray for you because I, it's it's tough doing uh, writing a. I I get it. I have started to <laughs> more than once. The first one was going to be on the uh, women's empowerment movement, oh. and um, what I really want to do is I want to get a devotional together for middle schoolers um, and, but I want to have a collaborative. I don't want to write the whole thing. I want to get the best together and I want it to be um, a kind of devotional that helps parents to um, broach subjects that, oh. that are difficult, yes. whether it be gender, whether it be um, sexuality, you know, homosexuality, um, critical race theory, some of the things that are really stumbling blocks for Children and adults alike nowadays. So, hoping to do something like that at some point.
0: Well, I'm going to be praying for you, Rebecca.
1: Thank you. It, it's it's a big undertaking, but um, I've seen your writing, and I I know God will God will be with you on that one for sure. So, thank, thank you, thank so, you, thank you so much, Kristen.
0: Thank you. This has been a joy and a privilege and an honor, and I I I'm I'm so appreciative of it.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Well, if you're one of those parents or you've had that same struggle, I really hope and pray that today's episode has indeed helped you, that it's encouraged you and that it's maybe perhaps um, pointed you in the right direction. And especially if you're someone who, again, is, is always looking back and every time your child messes up or does something, you know, you're, you're under that, that condemnation again. And it just throws you in a tizzy because that's, it's not good. It's, it's not a healthy response. What's done is done or what's not done is not done. Right. Um, and again, especially, you know, we go to God, we repent for the sin of not teaching our children what they should have been taught about the fear of the Lord loving God, um, salvation, just, just all the things that God's word tells us to teach our children so that they too may come to fear him, to know him, to love him, to repentance, to a saving faith in him. So I really, really hope this has helped you. And if it did, let me know or let Kristen know you can, you know where to reach her as well. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough being a parent. I get it. I do, but God is very merciful and he's so full of grace and he's forgiving. He forgives us when we come to him and ask for forgiveness. He's the God of hope. He's the God of restoration filled with infinite power and wisdom. So we just need to lean on him and trust in him for our children's futures. You know, whether we did an acceptable job when they were growing up, of spiritually nurturing them or not. If One Little Candle has at all blessed you in any way, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out, let me know, let my guests know. And all their information is on my website, by the way, is to um, how to contact them if you'd like to at www.onelittlecandlepodcast.com. Check out the podcast guests page there and um, all the links are there to get in touch with any of my, my previous guests and I will be putting Kristen right up there with the rest of them. Um, But yes, please follow, share it, leave a review. Reviews are so helpful as well. Um, You can follow one little candle on Instagram at one little candle podcast or on Facebook. We have a page as well, one little candle podcast. So any one of those ways in which you would like to reach out and even just to say hello. And speaking of saying hello, Um, last episode I said hello to people in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, some of my listeners there. And this week I want to say hello to those who listen from India and Japan. Um, It's just totally amazing to think that I can be sitting here in my um, spare bedroom that is now my podcast studio and be sitting here in my home and talking and doing this and being heard around the world. Like it's what a crazy world we live in when it comes to technology like that. So yes, India and Japan. Thank you so much. I pray all as well with you. If you'd like reach out again over my website or Instagram or Facebook, say hello. And if you have any prayer requests, let me know. I would love to uphold you in prayer as well. So a song for today to help just kind of tie everything in and, um, encourage you know some worship in regard to what we just talked about today so I found a song it's called God of Second Chances and it's sung by a group called High Road Um, beautiful women with beautiful voices and it's on YouTube and of course I will share the link in the podcast description so check that out God of Second Chances so I think yeah I think that's a wonderful wonderful song just to remind us and encourage us that God, again, he's a God of second chances. He's faithful. He's a God of more than second chances. I mean, think about how patient he is with us. But um yes, he is loving and he is patient with us. And his mercies are new every morning. So I hope you enjoy that song. Okay, how to be that light in the darkness. So being that one little candle, as far as what we've heard today and what, what Kristen shared. Look don't spend your life looking back. Okay. If only I had this, if only I had that you didn't. Okay. For those of you that dropped the ball, you didn't. And so here we are, right? We're in the present and then we have a future to be looking forward to as well. Don't live in the past where that's concerned. A certain amount of regret is healthy. Again, when you start to feel those regrets well up within you, stop what you're doing and pray, pray for parents like you who may be struggling with the same thing. Pray for those who do have little ones right now, right? And um, who are in those moments and those wide open opportunities, pray for them. Make, make good use of, of things that you wish you had done, you know, some of your regrets, but don't let it paralyze you. Don't let it become a stumbling block. You are not the be-all to end-all as far as your child's salvation goes, okay? God can work through many situations in many ways with many different people other than mom and dad. So trust him in that. Trust him in that, okay? You live your life the way you know you're supposed to. Live it in a God-honoring way something for your children to see, whether they like it or not, whether they find it offensive or not. You live the life that God has called you to live. Uphold them in prayer. Be their prayer warrior. They need you to pray for them for sure. Go to war on your knees for your children. Okay. And love, love breaks through a multitude of things, sins and and hard hearts show them love, show them God's love. Okay, I'd say that's pretty much it for today. So until next time, you take care and God bless.